We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a very special announcement. Square Enix have launched a new story and gameplay trailer for FS7 Rebirth. 3 minutes, 28 seconds to be precise. So it's time to drop absolutely everything, disregard any and all previous commitments, and do a massive deep dive on this trailer right now. Roll the intro and let's mosey. All right, welcome to the Gifted Gamer Podcast. It is me, your host, Darren Way, joined today by Craig, the Critical Nolan. Craig, hey, how are you Darren, keeping? Very, very excited. Good, good. I'm glad. And a special announcement mentioned many times on the podcast, but never made an appearance until today. Kevin Brennan. Kev, how the hell are you? A pleasure and an honor to have you here today. Thanks, man. It's nice to be here. Yeah, long time listener, first time contributor. I've heard my name multiple times on the podcast, and now I have to try and not... Does that excite you when you hear that? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like, oh, Except when, when you're talking shit about me playing Civ, but that's fine. That was, that's just me, though. I'm that's, slow. That's it's me. Andy as well, man. I am slow at <laughs> playing Civ, so... Um, so, as, as uh, per our announcement for the beginning of this episode, it's a big deal. This was meant to be... A VR episode with uh, Luke and my brother Andrew, uh, and uh, fuck, were we doing that after a Final Fantasy trailer got <laughs> yeah. announced? Like, you know. So for our listeners out there, it's a good time to be getting into your gaming content because the uh, games Summer Games Fest is on right now, uh, which includes showcases from Xbox, Ubisoft. I mean, PlayStation did one too. We got you know our Final Fantasy trailer announced as well. Uh, there's a day of the devs where they're talking about games. So like, keep an eye out in Summer Games Fest stuff. There's a lot there out there. Uh, I just watched the Xbox. Uh, showcase and that was unbelievably good actually mm. and I, I you know hurts me to say that a little bit <laughs> luke's gonna eat that up uh, he, he already has been i already messaged him and he's yeah he's been making it uh he's, he's been knocking it i'm back. gonna but, go on a media blackout then until it you know boils over <laughs> yeah but in fairness i was like this, i watched the playstation showcase which i thought was uh, you know okay and the word out there was that it was it was bad i was like oh well i got like more final fantasy 16 content and yeah a, a metal gear solid 3 snake eater that's remake. amazing like as good announcements and then I was like, I thought it was good. And then I saw what Xbox did. And I was like, oh, that PlayStation showcase was fucking awful. <laughs> like, in comparison, it was terrible. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, this is... Uh, we're going to go deep dive today into Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And I'm joined, thankfully... I'm, I'm glad you guys were able to make it on such short notice. <laughs> by what I would... I would consider this the trifecta. The, the Final Fantasy VII dream team to get into this. We had a conversation recently when we when the trailer first got announced. We were in there. Your parents, Gaff Craig, with, with Colm. And we were actually like full-blown argument about yeah. our conspiracy theories about oh, what it was to the go. point like anytime i wanted to talk to you guys i would stand up and then address <laughs> you like facing both of you yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> so we were taking the stage to talk and uh, colin went out to uh to collect something or whatever and he came back like five minutes later and he just walks in on like a full-blown argument about yeah, yeah. <laughs> about our theories for rebirth so no, it's gonna so be gonna be so good so i thought today actually what i'll do is i'll get the the housekeeping out of the way first and foremost uh, next week's episode will be the first episode of the Gifted Gaming Podcast where you won't have me as the host oh my oh. God. who's hosting uh, I believe it's Luke yeah on a episode that we're talking about game dreams so it's kind of if, if there is a game that you ever thought of that you'd love to see come to fruition what is it and I think Craig you've you've kindly volunteered to hop on that episode I think it's yourself oh that's right yeah, yeah wait yeah. so is Luke hosting and you're oh no I'm not even taking oh you're just not even here no I'm on day off man unreal <laughs> I mean I'd be here because none of this would work does for them I was gonna, yeah I was gonna be like does Luke know how to work all the, the technology behind the scenes uh, I mean yeah, I, I, it'd be handy if I taught somebody in case I died or something but uh, yeah so I think that's next week uh, and then I think we're, we're, we're talking about possibly well it'll be like news shortly after that for, for July but the most important thing is we're gonna talk about this, this, this trailer we're gonna get into the trailer we're gonna talk but it's scene by scene if you haven't seen the trailer yet pause the goddamn podcast watch the trailer 
and then hit play again because we're going to go into it something fierce. So I've broken down the scenes, uh, you know, beat for beat, what happens in the trailer. We're going to talk about uh, those scenes in particular, how excited we are for that or not excited or worried about what directions it might be taking. Uh, and then Craig's going to break it down to us. For all you casual Final Fantasy VII fans, Craig's going to break it down as to, to you know, the, the, the world of Final Fantasy VII as it sits, what we know, what might, what might be possibilities. And then, of course, at the end of all this, we're going we're gonna to put the tinfoil hats on, fellas, and yeah. talk about where we think this, this game is, is going. A general overview, just to let people know what we think and where our heads are yes. in relation to everything. Yeah. And like, I would like to do, uh, you know, a little bit of chitter chat about what games have been playing recently, guys. How are you doing? But we don't have time for that. <laughs> nice. This is going to take, this is going to take way too long. I have no time for a little idle chit chat. So uh, let's get into it. I'll, I have here broken down all the little bits of the, the, the trailer. So um, trailer first comes on and we get kind of like a, an emergency news bulletin of Midgar exploding. And we see the party Tifa, Barrett, Aerith, Red. No cloud. I dropped my pen. No cloud to be seen, but all these guys are being taken into ambulances or helicopters, whatever else, appearing to us as dead. Mm. What do you guys make of that? Well, Tifa's like arm movement flopping over would suggest that she's dead. Like, yeah. that is the only, like, you could argue that everyone looks like they're unconscious, but as soon as it shows her arm slump dead. over like that dead. i've seen enough movies to know that that means the dead. person's dead like, you know, and that's where like they took the arm back in you know and you're not most you weren't supposed to see that yeah yeah so for me it's implying that yeah all four of those characters are dead and uh kev was this a you know was this a surprising opening for this i think it was like like as the trailer started and opened up i didn't know what to think and then i mean i don't know how much we're going to get into uh, stuff as we break down the trailer or whether it's going to be later on but instantly my head went to different timeline like there's so much going on in the remake uh with sephiroth and everything else we're like we're, we're traveling through all these different timelines and we know that zach's alive at the last of the end game so i i moved straight to that but uh yeah at the start it's weird and it's weird seeing all the main characters dead except for Aerith. she dies anyway but Spoiler! <laughs> yeah, no, we, we don't care for spoilers on the show. Uh, so, from my perspective, I initially, you know, I saw that, and it was quite a shocker. I was like, oh, the party's dead. I'm seeing all the party die. And I was like, wow! And then I thought on it for a second, I was like, I don't know if I like this, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, as the, you know, we'll go down to the rest of the bits in the trailer. This is the only part of the trailer that I questioned, because whatever they do, whatever way you look at it, as far as I'm concerned, if it is a timeline thing, which we'll get into, mm -hmm. it's the laziest fucking writing. Ever. To just immediately not worry about those characters. Just, like, just have them dead. We, rather than have we to don't want to them. include these guys in the other timelines. So accident happens. Somehow they're all in the same place. Mm -hmm. They all die. And we don't talk about that anymore. And my problem with that is as a Kingdom Hearts fan. <laughs> you know, having, having, knowing what Tetsuya Nomura <laughs> is capable of. Don't it has it. it has me worried. Do you know what I mean? As it good, should. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's that's where I'm like, okay. Because some of the stuff in Kingdom Hearts is really good. Some of the stuff is the laziest fucking writing ever. And I'm like, oh my, is this leaking into to Final Fantasy? So that's what happens uh, at the first part. Then we get introduced to kind of like the party opening the doors, coming out of what I assume is the one of the tunnels, the exits they took out of Midgar, whatever it might be, uh, like an underground path, and they come out to um, the open world. Mm. And as we see it now, it's in CGI in that first little section. Um, but like pretty breathtaking. I mean, in terms of gaming graphics, it's it's the most beautiful Final Fantasy I've ever witnessed, yep. uh, and it looks amazing. And then we're kind of introduced slowly into a um, uh, kind of in-game footage of them kind of running through the open world and Red Thirteen and Air talking about how everything looks okay, like the planet looks like green and healthy, but Red knows that there's something wrong here and it's it's not okay. Open world. I was 
blown away by but Craig I think you've got some doubts about it you don't think everything as shown is what we're going to get everything is shown is what we're like in terms of like I mean just before we we sat down you were kind of saying that some of those things that they showed in that CGI trailer would just be backdrops well yeah even in that scene you're you're talking about where you could see this big massive backdrop in the distance I thought immediately like that looks too good to be able to physically go there like it reminded me a lot of and you love this section of the game do you remember when you got to the top of the pillar and you could see all of Midgar in the background yes like it looks to me kind of like that like a really nice picture but somewhere where you can't actually go, like mm-hmm. you'll, you'll only go go so far before you're kind of segued somewhere else. It um, seems, it seems, sorry, Craig, like uh, it reminded me a bit of like 13 or 15 or whatever else, like maybe big open areas and like open world and in inverted commas, but like not necessarily what we'd expect from older seven games and stuff. But anything is amazing. Yeah. Like, like we were all fully expecting that it would just be a linear game with story, kind of like... Um, like remake was the original game which was brilliant but that there's oh there's no way they're going to be able to do open world it'll take up too much memory and processing power and everything but now it's on two two discs yeah so maybe it'll and, that's, and that's what i mean like that announcement at the end and we'll you know we'll get to that but that announcement to say you know uh, on two discs is a what if for me is like what if they actually built the entire open world craig you've raised your hand oh sorry so just <laughs> just for our listeners right we we know like we, we we've had previous sets about 5.7 before in the past and we cannot stop talking about it so i've put in a rule today you guys can't see it because you're audio listeners but you have to raise your hand if you want to speak craig you've pl- without that rule i'd have interrupted like 10 times already <laughs> like so thank you for doing that like uh, but i was just gonna say so just you mentioned like the the, the party members leaving camp for the first time, that yeah. being the opening shot. I just wanted to point out before we move from that. Uh, no, sorry, you said they opened up the doors and you saw the open world. Yes. Right? Whereas um, when the camera moves around to the side, you actually can see a, a screenshot of Cam right in the background. So those are the doors to exit mm-hmm. the town. So ah, I'm guessing okay. that the game will open with your um, which you're telling the flashback story. Yes. You won't have seen anywhere on the map yet. Well, and then going through those doors is the reveal of the map. You know, so it's yeah. the, it's the character's they... first moment of being outside mm-hmm. where that wasn't a, a backstory. How did they get the cam? Well, in the in the in the trailer. So I don't know if you remember the DLC trailer at the end of the game. You had the party on the the Chocobo Bill's car, and he was you know Barrett singing. What a cameo! Yeah, yeah, so good. And they dropped them off, and it started raining, and they were walking, and you could see calm in the distance. So they've like that little section where you run from Midgar to calm in the on the world map in the original game. They've just cut it out and put. Yeah, they handled that with cutscenes so that it. Because you know that they want the opening to be Sephiroth and Cloud in the truck and then fighting the dragon. Yeah. That has to, like, you know, they want to start with a bang. And yeah. that's how you start with a bang. So it just goes straight into the flashback. And then the characters, after telling the story, will leave calm. And then that big, those double doors open. And it's like, oh, you the know, open like world. Open world. Yeah, real yeah. open world. Yeah, because that, that'll be the thing is that I don't think we'll be able to go back to Midgar at all yeah, I think so, that's uh, Midgar I would expect just like in the original game is completely locked out until preventing until. you from going anywhere near Zack yeah you know? <laughs> exactly yeah yeah I mean f- fantastic story writing okay so after that we have then um, the Chocobo like we get a first view of Chocobo farm and a little look at them on Chocobos riding through what appears to be sections of the open world and my heart soared when I saw Cloud walk from the Chocobo Farm. I saw a great video where some guy does a comparison. He literally has scenes from Final Fantasy VII against scenes from that trailer in the places. And Chocobo Farm. Because you know, this one, it seems to be a bit, in a bit more of a forested area as opposed mm-hmm. to right out in the open fields like it was in the original game. 
but there's something that's just so mm-hmm. you know and i and we didn't get we got like the trailer only had its trailer music but like i can't imagine like it's gonna be so good when you walk into there and you get that do yeah. that, that chocobo farm theme you know it's like it's gonna be so good uh chocobo's in the game obviously rideable obviously mounts for us to go around great addition Mm-hmm. any thoughts on it or will I keep going um, no well just on that if again if you like pause the trailer really really closely you can see that the chocobos uh, have different commands like mm-hmm. they're able to go and search uh, so I assume that's like treasure or something like that yeah. you know, similar to like Final Fantasy 8 I think or 9 if you got the, the special app or whatever they had was it 9 9 where you went into the chocobo forest yes. and removal was there and you ran around and like you'd, you'd dig and it'd tell you if you're getting hotter yeah. or colder yeah. or whatever so, so I assume it's a lo- something like that but in the open world uh, you also um, have the option because just immediately after that scene, there's Cloud with Barrett and Red Thirteen, and they're just walking through the forest as normal. But on the grid, it says Or One Chocobo. So I think you can summon the Chocobo yeah. to you even while you're on feet, which I think is awesome. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. and I mean, you know, what better reason for giving you a mount than it's a giant open world game oh, and you stop. need to get around fast? You know? What if? What if? What if it's the whole <laughs> open world? I mean, I would just, I would, I would go mad. I still want to fight a big, massive snake, you know. Mm. But like all those, all those bits, you know, like that that scene where you have to, uh, you know, get a chocobo to run across the swamp because of the the horrible snake. Like, imagine. I know, I don't know if those kind of little little beats would be in in the game because does Sephiroth need to follow those paths anymore? We'll get to that at the end as to why mm-hmm. he may or may not. But. I mean, imagine that though, because even in Final Fantasy VII, when you first cross it and it goes to that cutscene and, and the, the, the snake is like, you know, skewered on this like tree or pike or whatever it is. Yeah. And even that for a 1997 game looked amazing because yeah. it was in the backdrop graphics as opposed to the character graphics. And, yeah. and this snake that if you tried to go all across her on foot, it whooped you so fast. Yeah. And then, yes, yeah, no problem for Sephiroth whatsoever. It yeah. was brilliant. Just creates that 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 uh, that illusion of like God, this guy is insanely powerful or whatever, mm. which I think we'll miss in this game because we've already been introduced to Sephiroth way too much for my liking. But Plus, when we did like he was already the final boss of disc one, yeah. so it's kind of hard to really see him as a god when we already beat him. Yeah, you know, so like, and even when Cloud is fighting Sephiroth, it's hard to even tell who's winning because it's just all so flashy. The only way I can tell is because Sephiroth seems to be kind of lazily throwing his sword up in the air. I'm like, oh, that means he's winning, I guess. You know, <laughs> otherwise you'd have no idea who's getting the better of who. Yeah, like, you know? yeah. yeah, which is which is a disappointing thing. But I mean, I, I how do you end the first game? I, I don't know, but um, yeah, I'm gonna miss those aspects maybe and what they've done with Sephiroth. But again, we'll get to those points at the end. Mm. Um, then after that bit and the chocolate writing, we have another CG cutscene of um, Cosmo Canyon and uh, Bugenhagen. Yep. Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen. Is it Bugenhagen or Bugenhagen? I've I never... think whenever it comes to these translation things, you can say whatever you want. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bugenhagen it is. It's got a nicer ring to it, I think. I uh, think so too. But him discussing, I guess, and this is the thing as well, because he, he you know, in the original game, he discusses you know, the live stream and kind of feels you in on kind of what's going wrong. And I wonder, does this Bugenhagen know that there's something else going on you know, in this cutscene? Because Red does, right? No. Isn't there, no, Red doesn't. Is there not a scene where him and Aerith are together and this... Am I just making that up? In the in remake, I thought in remake. Well, they share that, a new dialogue, but every character does, so it's hard to tell what's old and what's yeah, new. Yeah, yeah, you know, Because enough. you'd never know if they actually said that because the first game just didn't show it. Yeah. You know? So do you think we'll get a timeline talk in this chat with you? Do you think he knows that much? Do you think I think you should save that for later. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll leave a little tick for the box. But, uh, you know, just to talk about the scene... But looks, for Bukenhagen, you mean... 
Yeah, but do, do we think that... Because the Bugenhagen is... He's kind of like your first guide in the original Final Fantasy VII yes. game. Do you think he'll be able to guide us any further as to what we might think is going on in this version of Final Fantasy VII? I think he's the only person we have to tell us anything that anyone else in the world doesn't know. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. I think he will have something to tell, even if he only kind of says it as a kind of like possibility of, oh, hey... It's theorized that you could do this, but I don't think he's going to know what's happening yeah. because he's still unaffected by the, the time jump, I think. Mm-hmm. And he might have some insight, though, because you got to assume that uh, Red and Cloud and everyone when they go there will tell him what's been going on. Do you yeah. know, like they're sitting, there's the scene of them all in Cam together and they're talking about Sephiroth and what's he been doing and blah, blah, blah. Like it will come up with Bugenhagen and maybe he'll have more of an insight than your average Joe on, on what's know. going on. I think that's a great point that yeah. like we'll have new information to tell him you know and then he might be able to give us something Some different back, back. Yeah, yeah. and that in itself will change the story a little because we're already telling a character new information that he didn't know mm-hmm. so Bugenhagen's route now could be slightly altered you know my god maybe maybe it's Bugenhagen that dies <laughs> 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 maybe that's his separate case no. <laughs> so uh, but just in terms of graphically that scene looks amazing um I can't wait to see Cosmo Canyon. I can't yeah, wait to hear the, the Cosmo song. Canyon. They were too. smart to only show us the planetarium. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. just keep it, keep, keep the rest. Because yeah. that and you know the only version of Cosmo Canyon we've gotten to date when this new um, you know reimagining of Final Fantasy was the one the kind of jazz version you get in the jukeboxes in Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, the, the jukeboxes. And that one I know for a fact is like that one's not going to be what mm-hmm. will what we're going to get like because yeah. that's it like a jazzy version so I like oh, the Smash just... Brothers rendition is excellent it, I, yeah, it's so good and I'm kind of like could that be the one that... no it won't be, be like they make their own version it won't of but Smash. it's good enough yeah it's great so then after that we've got to we go to um, it looks like the party's running down through um, the cave of I mean it's speculation but some people say it could be the cave of like Red 13's Species. The Cave of the Gee. Cave of the Gee, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. I also um, don't like saying it, Darren. Yeah. I worry. I worry. Do I get it right? Do I get it wrong? <laughs> you know, I had a funny run-in in a Tesco shop once where I asked for, you know, ghee, which was like, you know, it's, it's a clarified butter or whatever else. The woman in Tesco laughed at me and thought I was being offensive. So I worry when I say that word. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, we get the... Um, the guy's talking about it's the, the the scene where they're in the inn in calm and the parties finally stop moving and they're like yo cloud give us some answers what's going on here and we'll get into it the and opening it, of the game if you ask me yeah absolutely because i think what we'll do is you know we, we saw the initial trailer uh, cloud and sephiroth walking together in what looks to be the path up to the macro reactors near nibelheim and my assumption here is is that we'll probably get a bit of play through a scene, then back to the party at the end to describe what they think, then go back to the you know flashback and stuff like that. I think that's probably how that'll go. But just to see, because I only, I only played through the first disc of Final Fantasy VII, I would say in the last like five, six months. And I love that scene where they're up in the inn and that, like, that image of the inn and those fa- original Final Fantasy VII graphics is like you know drilled into my brain. I can even picture where everybody's situated mm-hmm. and what, what Cloud's talking about. And seeing that come to life in the remake as well, it's, it's that thing where I'm excited, like the, the golden saucer. Oh. I, you know, I was excited about uh, Sector 7 and market, you know, the market sector and how well those things were recreated. I'm just looking at this inn and it's cozy and it's nice and the party's getting to know each other and I'm like, fuck yeah, I can't wait for this shit. Like, you know? Because they've said they're going to hit lots of the same plot points not not plot points but yeah. lots of the same locations in yeah. the game so like i don't know if they've they've specifically said the golden saucer but like all the the main ones cam cosmo canyon etc etc so i think 
the golden saucer you could live so much time in it. like the do you remember the golden saucer out of realm reborn oh my god amazing yeah. you go and you can play triple triad like all the card games from the different final fantasies and everything else and like they could do a lot with golden saucer so i hope they do yeah like, big time. and like and just just put in all those games again like give me the yeah. submarine game give me the underwater mm-hmm. game give me the the snowboarding which me, was amazing give me final fantasy 7 just on a, on a little machine <laughs> in the That's golden sauce you can play the original game just poured it straight over but then they'd lose the 20 euros <laughs> yeah 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 but <laughs> they'll get from everyone not good who, for who business. beats the game I mean, could yeah. you imagine that as well like Cloud playing himself and like wait a second what's going on here this seems to be it's from a, an alternate timeline well, they never question the fact that it's him on the bike or on the snowboard or in yeah. the submarine yeah. before yeah, yeah. like yeah that would be that would be amazing and I do you know comms an obvious one because it's a massive uh, you know um narrative drop you know narrative dump in terms of like let's get all this information out there so of course going to keep calm and we've seen it in the cutscenes um but it looks great kev were you gonna i was just gonna say you 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 know boot up final fantasy uh seven and the golden saucer and it's like please insert disc two and that's all that's on the second disc just, just, just the it's, it's just yeah just the original <laughs> game like <laughs> and then when you leave it transitions back to, uh, <laughs> yeah. Disc one. yeah yeah okay so after um the calm uh, in scene we get um the, I guess the clones or the guys walking towards the reunion and the black cloaks a very brief little look and then it quickly moves then that's not where we get cloud but it's that comes later but it's a quick look of all that marching and then we get um, the red and Barrett in what looks to be the Mithril cave fighting mm-hmm. and one of the greatest new Final Fantasy 7 tunes kicks in. And it's, and I Amazing. can't believe, I can't believe this song came in. So it's called Valkyrie. It's from Final Fantasy 7 Remake, the first one where you're climbing the wall, which is a whole new section. You play that in the original Final Fantasy 7, the climbing the wall bit, it takes about 10 minutes. You just you, put a battery in, yeah. propeller, and then it's you hold up. It was it's, very difficult when I was seven years old. And I, I played it recently, and it's still quite difficult to find out where you have to walk and swing. and because it, the, Again, the, that's one of those cases where you have to hit select to see where the, the, the screen transitions are, otherwise cheating. you'd have no idea. Yeah. Where, where to leave. So this music was before when you're trying to get up to the wall and, and the Shinra machines are coming to stop you, and it's... Uh, for me, like Genova, like if we're talking about Final Fantasy VII music, the Genova theme is one of my all-time absolute favorites. If I had to 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 like revise my list, this Valkyrie song is by far the greatest piece of music from the new games, and it's probably up there in easy the top five of my all-time Final Fantasy VII tunes. And yes. I can't believe that it was in this trailer, and it's in this trailer so because the, yeah. the the start of it's such a great build, you know, it's such oh, it's such such a good song, and it's you now have like, and we're getting into it now, Barrett and Red fighting the I guess like the, the end boss for the Mithril Caves is what I'm assuming in mm-hmm. this scene Fuckman looks good but just before it's Barrett so just and I know it's only like about 10 frames long but it's interesting that they would include that scene with uh, a bunch of the guys in the cloaks yes, going to the, the reunion, reunion scene right? yeah. so they're they're throwing that in on purpose it, it should be mentioned just before we get into like a discussion that like nothing is an accident in the trailer like they're deliberately showing you that as though to tee up for when inevitably you see Cloud in the hood like yeah. and there's all sorts of similarities because in the first game you see Marco in that hood you see Cloud uh, get a vision pretty much of that exact scene yeah. uh, moment by moment so just Keep an eye out for that. Yeah, yeah. It's an important piece. Uh, my question to you guys is, you know, in the end of Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake, we got uh, Red Thirteen as like kind of an assist character who came in. And my thing was like, well, are we actually going to, is he going to be a playable character? This trailer has confirmed he's a playable character. Now, we get to see a little bit of his move set later on in the trailer. But, I mean, Kev, Red Thirteen, your favorite Final Fantasy VII character. Yeah. Are you excited by how he plays? Do you, I mean, I think he was always going to be a tough one to design. But what are your thoughts on him as a yeah, playable Yeah, I think... 
it's it's really hard to tell. It's hard to tell from the trailer because you've just got you know attack and whatever its triangle ability is called. Um, I think you mentioned the other day, Craig, a lot of spinning for me. Yeah. But then when you think about it, his attack in the original game is a somersault. He spins like yeah. he does a somersault. So I I, I get where it's going to come from. They've all played fantastic so far. Like I don't think I've been disappointed with any of the characters. I think Aerith was a little bit... I mean, I Aerith, think she, yeah. she was still fun, but she was a little bit dull. She's very much the healer class. It's yes. kind of difficult. You know? Yeah, like, hard to do much with her. Like with all the other characters, you can kind of go, oh, I can focus on attack, defense, or magic. With Aerith, it's pretty much always magic. Like, because her, yeah. her just stat is just way too good. Like, yeah. you know? And her, her basic attack is extremely underwhelming. When she's like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just zapping people with her stats. It does magic damage too, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to regular damage. Yeah. And so like, I think, yeah, I like that. I think Red 13... You know, I pictured the game. I was like, you know, oh my god, Cloud plays amazingly, and then you play as Barrett, and I was like, Barrett's a hell of a lot of fun. And then you mm-hmm. play as Teeth, and like, oh my god, it's like three Teeth for three, amazing. yeah, like three for three enjoyable yeah. characters. So I have faith that even though it looks a little bit, sp- I'd say he'd probably be a lot of fun. He'd be quite arcadey, I think. I honestly think it looks terrible. Like the mm-hmm. the retro team, like it, it looks like they've just kind of mimicked what they had in the previous game when he was just a team up kind of guy. Yeah, and I think based on his his movements, I would prefer him to just be a side character that dual teched or something like that mm-hmm. because I can't you know when you like run up to a bad guy and just hit attack and Cloud swipes with his sword what is Red 13 going to do just spin his head around like a, a little the only thing is you got to consider the amount of abilities and stuff he's going to learn through the game and how cool they're going to look that's true but like, you do use basic attack half the time yeah. as your, your yeah, moveset yeah. Yeah, and true. I can just see him spinning his head around with a little knife in his in his head and I'm just like I know I'm going to bench you as soon as I can. You know? <laughs> what, what is his weapon? Is it a comb? It's a knife in his mouth. Oh. Yeah, but they called it like it was a... You know, they called it a comb and it yeah. like Seraph's comb and yeah, stuff from the original exactly, game. Yeah, exactly. But he just holds it in his mouth as a... As a but he'll be interested. Like, you know, this is what I mean. I, I, it doesn't look fantastic, but mm-hmm. they... I mean, three for... You know, three out of four for the uh, for characters in the first game. And don't get me wrong, Earth wasn't a bad character to play as. She was just the worst of the four of them. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be arcadey, and I think it might be a bit refreshing to like pop him into the team sometimes if he does play a little bit kind of like just a bit of a funky kind of character. You like, you and know? it's it's also it's so difficult to tell from like you know three seconds of trailer footage plus a, a team up attack, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um. But you know all his limits and stuff from the original game, Stardust, everything like all that could be put in as abilities, and I think that will add to him as a character. I, I have faith. I'm, yeah. I'm always optimistic about these things. It's Final Fantasy VII. And like Remake was so, so good yeah, that yeah. I just have to trust And it's him, true. You know? There's probably mechanics he has that we haven't seen. Like, because Yuffie, I thought, you know, throw is just such a crap ability. Why would I want to throw away all my hard-earned items? But with Yuffie, they made it pretty good. Like, you know, like it has like different elementals to it yes. and stuff like that. So mm. they did a great job uh, showing her new abilities like evolving like, her into the modern day exactly, Final Fantasy yeah. in a very enjoyable way and I'm wondering if he will have kind of like almost enemy skills like beast attacks similar to Kamari maybe or something yeah great like, character because he has he's the only character in the game that can um, do a scan by himself like he can tell what the enemy's HP is and all that type of stuff so I'd like to see how he pulls that off yeah but I'd also I'd like him to behave in a kind of aggressive wolf type manner you know i'd like him to pin people down or like 
be biting a bad guy but hanging out of them that type of thing like, yeah he's like lodged in like his jaws are locked and he's just doing damage over time like it's one of my favorite one of my favorite scenes in advent children the, the fantasy 7 film is where all the team come along to help crowd cloud beat bahamut zero or whatever that bahamut was called and like that exactly what red 13 does everyone's like chopping them with like shooting them with guns slicing them with knives and just red 13 just jumps on him and like like like, like bites him and latches onto him for a while <laughs> yeah. that's, that's all they can do that's <laughs> they had no idea yeah. what to do with that but i'd love that in this one like that like if you could if you had him on your team and he was like around the battlefield that they had animations for him where he was just like you know pinning guys down to the ground that you could come over and just like whoop with whatever character yeah. you're playing as as well like, especially because yeah. it like it would lend itself so well to the the remake rebirth like new final fantasy play style where you like are swapping between characters and it's slowing down and you like could use him to pin someone down then swap the cloud and like triple slash in and yeah. use all your other abilities like i think he's gonna be great i just yeah. i have to have faith Yes, Frank. Could I just uh, correct myself by, by saying that I thought uh, Red Thirteen had a, a knife in his uh, mouth. That's actually repeated from Tales of Vesperia. So I completely mixed up those two characters there. You were right. Uh, Red Thirteen has like a pin or something. Yeah, yeah, because he gets one off his dad in like the cave of the Gee or whatever. And I always thought it was to do with his like I don't know mane for lack of a better term. Whatever. Hence yeah. him somersaulting and like slashing hit, it with hitting his, him yeah. with his i probably should use his clothes oh, yeah, yeah, probably I, I prefer the knife idea like, <laughs> yeah i'll attack them with my headpiece it doesn't sound as good okay so after we get that scene we get oh and just like in terms of you know that boss looks pretty dope I, i'm assuming that's a, like an end boss for mythical Mithril cave. cave interestingly that the team is barrett and red 13 so what's happened there i'm quite curious about is well i would l- obviously think that because you see only cloud Eric, and tifa fight the turks so I assume that they went to the mutual caves and they've done the party split up thing. Yeah. So Barrett and Red 13 have gone one way and Cloud, Eric and Tifa have gone the other way. And it's Cloud's group that encounters the Rufus and Elena. Yeah. And then uh, Red 13 and Barrett fight the, the other boss. So and I have to say, I am a massive fan of the Barrett Red 13 team up. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're really pushing those two as a duo. And I yeah. think it's great. Yeah. yeah. And like they're, they're little back and forth because they actually got on for little pieces that they had together at the end of Final Fantasy 7 they did have a couple of little back and forth you know, I was like okay this could be a fun little uh, relationship that's blossoming so then we have oh speaking of which Elena and the Turks and this is where the song hits its crescendo it's, it's I mean it's you know I say chef's kiss I shouldn't say French kiss because you should own it I, I would say it forever <laughs> okay. I'm going to <laughs> so this this part of the trailer is, is French kiss as far as I'm concerned because the timing of the music the introduction of Elena and you know Rude there and just that line as well. I know it's kind of said some, somewhat similarly in the original Five Fantasy Seven, and the part where Rude's like, "She may be new, but she's still a Turk," and mm. I'm like, "Oh man!" Mm. So like, even if you're brand new to the team, but the fact that you've made it to the team means you're fucking unbelievable. Like you know, yeah. and in that little bit, you see like Cloud even having a little bit tit for tat, like struggling to to fight her and stuff. And then there's the moment where like. Uh Cloud and Tifa go back to back, but yeah. then just jump to the side, and Eric fires this magic blast at them. I was like, "Oh!" And that's right when Valkyrie kicks in. Oh man! Like I, I, I could, I was probably probably drooling while I was watching this scene because it was just it's everything that I loved about the the original game, the music, the fighting, and what I really liked about the the wall section of Final Fantasy VII and the, the remake, of the first part was as we used to, I was going to call it the anime cutscenes. The fact that not only are you playing through the game and oh, going to yeah. the fights, there's those little cutscenes to kind of like up the tempo and up the risk oh, yeah. and up the ante. And, and they're, it, they're all shooting grappling hooks at each other and catching them and swinging yeah. each other around. Amazing. And it looks it, like based on this, because this looks like it's a, you know, a proper fight, like a, a boss battle, you know, with the three of you against uh, Rude and Nana. And obviously when you get them down to certain health bits or you hit certain beats in the fight, you get these cool cutscenes. And I'm like, oh. And like, it's going to be, it's going to be insanely cinematic this yeah. game. Oh, Start yeah. to finish 
Because yeah. start to finish in, in the original game when you fought Reno for the first time, I just lost my shit when like he just sends all the guards at you and you're fighting all the guards. But if you look up, he's just sitting on a pillar watching you and he's commenting on all the guards you're beating up. And he's like, ah, good old what's-his-face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I love those scenes. So during this exact fight, I can't wait to hear the dialogue between, like, uh, Rude, Elena, Cloud, Eric. They're going to be talking to each other the entire Constantly, time. It's yeah. going to be so fun. Yeah. And, of course, like, you know, like the, the histories. The last time we saw Rude and stuff like that was... Uh, was it the sector collapsing? Was it after they... That's the um, last time the party yeah. saw them, but they appear to collect the president later on. Yes, that's true. So I'm interested in terms of dialogue. The last time we, the party would have seen these guys is when they hit the button to collapse the plate, you know, which as far as Barrett and the team now killed Wedge, Jesse, Biggs, the whole whole lot. So I just hope they like, you know, oh, the there should be tension here. Yeah, yeah, they should yeah. blame them. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then we go into, after that kind of scene, which is amazing, we go into kind of more open world and the reveal of Junyun, Junon, I don't, whatever way you want to. And I love Junyun. <laughs> it's definitely Junon, no <laughs> but like Junyun is hilarious. <laughs> so, so we get to see uh, Junon and the, the, the massive cannon and what appears it's to be high wind. high wind. Which looks yeah. bigger than the cannon. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. fucking huge. Yeah, perspective. Sorry, Kevin, look one ahead. No, no, I was going to ask a question, but I'm showing my lack of Final Fantasy VII knowledge because obviously, and we'll get to this as well, but in the original game, when you meet Sid and you're in Rocket Town, you fly away in a little plane and all that jazz, where do you actually acquire the high wind in the end? Is it in? June. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You you escape you escape on the high winds yeah. from yeah. June. Yeah. Amazing. It's during Barrett and Tifa's like you remember they're being sentenced to be executed. Yeah. And the rest of the party you don't know where they are and yes. they steal the high winds. Like amazing. And and the way like when that and sorry I've just hijacked this. No. But yeah, like away. when they're running down through the area and it's in the background like the way it's silhouetted against the sky and the high wind just like the propellers just slowly turning at on the dusk, top as yeah, if it's just know? yeah at dusk amazing. As well. So mm-hmm. beautiful. And like this is another thing as well because. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but we did we get day and night cycles in Final Fantasy VII Remake? No, no, but there are times when you would do an activity and then come back and it would be nighttime yes. now. But that those are story pro- progressive. So moments. will we get a because we have open world? Do we get a day night cycle? Interestingly enough, like you know, do, can you arrive? Do, do you only arrive at you oh, know? That's interesting. June yeah. on at, at dusk. Or, I'd say no to them to make it easier on themselves because <laughs> <laughs> they've got yeah. a lot going because on. you definitely when you see june on the background it is like uh sunset almost yeah like, like it's dusk, kinda, yeah. Like, going down i'm like they won't have it always i'd say you'll go in you'll go to an inn or no during the whole dolphin priscilla thing you'll wake up and it'll be morning you know if they have that in i don't actually think they'll have that in no there. that that was a kind of i thought quite a wacky japanese yeah. rpg piece and, and a filler area as well because you know like it you can't come into June in the same way as you do in this with all the grand spectacles and everything else. They have to bring you through these like little dinky areas and forced perspective and everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, they just like throwing stuff like that in. Yeah, yeah. Oh my I God. I have a theory for that exact point in the game that I want to bring up later. Okay, I'll take a note. We absolutely, we, we'll, we'll make time, Craig. We'll make time. Uh, so after that, then we get to, uh, and this is, this is what, one of the things I'm most excited to talk about, the team attacks. Yeah. We get to finally see, you know, we're watching, you know, uh, a scene with Red 13 kind of attacking an enemy, whatever. And then all of a sudden, Aerith shouts Tifa and she creates this orb, this dome over an enemy. And Tifa can use the inside of the dome as walls to kind of somersault from and jump from. And then we get introduced to Yuffie and Red 13's dual attack where they seem to be jumping up together and crashing down. 
and then a Barrett and Cloud team attack where Cloud knocks the enemy up into the air and Barrett just wrecks him with his I I mean Drew I I'm like I, I was drooling before now I'm frothing yeah. I'm frothing at the mouth at this part because I mean it looks looks amazing. Are you excited for team attacks? I'm excited but I, I'm I'm worried for me Final Fantasy Seven struggles from a lot of the, 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 the attacks are so cinematic and anime awesome that it makes me it, it makes it hard to to top that you know what i mean especially if you're gonna fight sephiroth in the end game and say disc tree or whatever i'm just kind of like why what does that look like <laughs> you know like how do you do they have to go to power level over nine thousand? like yeah, how yeah. do they visually make it look better than it is now yeah know? so i'm just a little worried about that but it's always great to just watch some fucking great great action sequences yeah. and like again the music is like cooking and at, at its absolute peak this yeah moment, during the whole scene like my only concern i think would be we were talking about it earlier on whether they're gonna do like you know every character will have one combination with every other character or whatever else which would be fine but i do think things like that can get stale sometimes like i don't know if they're going to put in the effort but i'd like at least two yeah you, would, you wouldn't want variations. to go into a fight and it happen constantly yeah you know? yeah it'd, it'd be, like, a be watching that thing. animation for like 20 seconds every fight you'd be like yeah, yeah. Fuck this. yeah yeah but as a special thing because it seems like um i've seen some speculation online and we called it out when i rang you uh right after the trailer dropped and we were yeah. watching it together and there's the um, the ATB bar or whatever, and then there's those little pips that you can see in the trailer beside yes. it, and whether or not that's related mm-hmm. to it. So it might be a case that that takes ages to charge up, and you might only get to use it once a battle or once every couple of battles. Like, yeah. it'll be interesting to see. Or can you use a fill of your ATB bar to fill? Yeah, you get an ability that will boost that your team boost up your stuff thing. and like yeah. accessories and all. So it's it's cool. It adds a whole extra layer. For of me, depth. as a as a minimum, if if they like i mean i know you say it might get stale but if they had one for each pairing of characters in the game oh, be awesome. and, and including like yep. you know the characters we haven't seen yet like sid and vincent and cassette and stuff like that mm-hmm. i just like i i get to thinking like what does sid and vincent's one look like i mean <laughs> yeah. just like all this like my, know, my right? head yeah. spins with the idea like you know of like and i cloud and cassette like what does that one i mean just so exciting to think like, what these pairings could look like what they will do together and stuff and that's a good point as well you know i was thinking of one per person based on having six characters but whether or not i i hope to god we at least get sid vincent maybe you could push back or whatever um, no, but no, if no. you start vincent, no, vincent should sid, be in you a... could push back well, Sid's vincent, an old man <laughs> vincent's an optional character in the first game you know so maybe they'll push him no, back but a vincent bit. is an old man with a pudgy belly it made no sense like he's a dragoon all sid, of a sudden sid, that made sid's no a sense. badass man power of cigarettes and whiskey like. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, he like, like he fights like he's a dragoon character yeah, yeah. which made no sense yeah, yeah. Like, how just, do you he how can't do this he's jumping through the air in fairness they can't they kind of yeah very pretty they kind of freshened him up a little bit in advent children should i mean like he had like the the gear looked a little better he looked a little bit slimmer and stuff like that because he was a bit especially when you had one of my favorite animations was when you in the original final fantasy 7 when you ran to escape battles sid's run was the funniest fucking thing ever like yeah yeah he'd be like the the real comical like get out of there but i i think for me i know like we're kind of we're going off topic here but if 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 i were putting my money down or my hopes would be that we would get Vincent Sid and Katsith in this game. Yep. That they would give all three to him, all three of them to us. Because Katsith was at the end of the DLC, right? He, was, he yeah. made a cameo, yeah. Because yeah. he saw no, the place in the DLC. He, that's just when the the thing when falls the plate down. Drops. The, oh, that the, in just, remake? It cuts to him in um, slamming his fists into the ground. So you see him in the base game. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he's there, you know, in whatever capacity. Because you see Reeve a fair few times, so you know it's him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that part's going to be so weird, though, because the. The cat's a robot, right? 
The cat yes. is a robot and the robot is a robot. <laughs> yeah, it's a robot riding a robot. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't find out for ages. Like <laughs> It's very stupid. I thought it, was, I thought it was a cat on a robot, but it's a, it is a robot on a and robot. So I hope that robot, the robot that's definitely a robot, is gone and we just get cut yes. because Well, that, is it going to be the robot with his, his like trumpet or his trombone or whatever, megaphone, whatever weapon he had? Like speaking so, of ridiculous weapons, talking about red or nanaki, like. Yeah, what does cuts the fight? Hopefully they modernize him or just get rid of them altogether. Nobody would mind. I I, I wouldn't <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if he was like there as like, you know, your, the Jiminy Cricket of the group yeah. to kind of <laughs> See, I would rather have eight good characters than not have him, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? But he could just like log shit in your journal and like be your conscience or whatever else and it's really <laughs> spying on you the whole time. But like he's a real silly character. Like I mean, yeah. some of them, he's a really silly character. All right, okay. Moving on. We got team attacks. Oh. <laughs> Excellent piece, Shinova <laughs> on the boat. Oh uh, yes, with and a with a, a a very I know Sephiroth appeared in that scene in the original game, but very briefly didn't have a whole lot of dialogue. But it looks like he lays out some serious shit for like you know uh, what what you call it setting setting the tone yes. potentially for the game, letting out some. So it's not just a fight with Genova. Like Sephiroth's going to give a massive monologue before yeah. the fight begins. He's like. just going to be monologuing constantly for the next yeah. few games, and I'm so for it. Yeah, I, 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 one of the things that disappointed me was that the Sephiroth and Cloud voices that were in Advent Children and that were in the Kingdom Hearts games were amazing. I loved them. And the, when they announced the remake, they said it was different voices, and I was like, oh shit! Like that guy who did Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts was amazing. But they are two exceptionally good voice actors. I like them both. A lot. Yeah, I like the Sephiroth. I'm really one. worried though for Vincent because do you know who did Vincent? in Advent Children oh um, the guy from Cowboy Bebop yes Spike Spikes. I'm like that is such amazing casting yeah. that I'm like now he can't do it again I'm yeah. like shit that was my number one choice instantly as soon as I found out yeah and like the, the thing about the Vincent's voice actors Vincent's one of the cooler characters one of the fan favourites for sure so they gotta land him right do you know what I mean hopefully he, he hits it but yeah. Uh, yeah so we get Genova and what I really loved about this scene was that we got to see a bit of the fight with Genova and I, again, I was watching the scene that, that side by side that someone had put together on YouTube um, and it has the Genova battle and that Genova has the weird shoulder pad things and is firing the lasers out to hit your HP and MP on the boat. And although the design is quite different, the first thing I noticed in this battle, in this battle was that this Genova has those same beams that are coming out to hit you. So I love those little nods to the... Like that whole character, like design was fucking crazy. Mm. This like alien with shoulder pads as far as I was concerned. Like because, But like this, they've... The fan service yeah. from the first game was just absolutely incredible, and like yes. it, it from the this trailer alone, it feels like they're just gonna carry that on the whole way. Like they know what we want, they know their audience, they know for the most part, they know you know that they're they're going after these people who played the game in the nineties and trying to get new fans and stuff involved. But like really, it's for all of us, which is a massive fan base. Yeah, and I've. I've had very few issues so far, and I predict it'll be the same going into this. I reckon it's just going to be nods to the first game constantly the whole way through, and I can't wait. Like. My fear, again, having experienced the worst of Nomura, is that as the games go on, we're going to fall into the wacky more and yeah. more, deeper and deeper. But I, I'm, I'm in it. I'm like, you know, I said to you, you guys before, I was like, I would have loved the modern graphic remake of, of the game just like a point true point, remake start yeah. to finish but having played the first one and gotten into our theories which we'll get into later on I'm in it hook line and sinker yeah. but I know mm. that some of it's going to be like I you know and we've seen from the DLC with Yofi that they're bringing in fucking stupid characters 
from Dirge of Cerberus yeah, and I'm all this Like, I mean, Nomura is trying to, it looks like he's trying to, like, you know, he's got all these fucking um, Final Fantasy Seven IPs on the table and he's trying to pull them all into one box. And, and they're I still making know. new stuff, right? Didn't yeah. they? Like, they've made all these announcements about, like, they have, they have Ever Crisis, which looks cool. Like the Ever Crisis looks, like, looks like the remake that I thought they might have done. And yeah. the fact that they're doing that is great. So everyone gets what they want. Yes, you know, you yeah. exactly. This and you have both. And maybe you know. this thing is going to be an amazing... But they had piece. like the, the... Was it the MMO with a first-person shooter or something based in the Final Fantasy VII world? Like they're the trying first to soldier really, like, or something? Yeah, yeah. And you know they're going to push that in with this narrative at some yeah. point. Is that already... Go- I feel like that's already gone, is it? The MMO? The first soldier? Oh, no. I, it's, it's still out there. I played it. Maybe it was, a- it was Apex Legends Mobile then. I knew it was one of the other tanked. Apex Apex Mobile is gone. Yeah. I remember hearing that on uh, the news a while, like a good while back that they dropped the team for that. But yeah. no, the first Soldier one is still going. I played it for a little while and it was okay. It's just it's shit that it's on a phone. It's really hard to play. I yeah. find mobile games like that that are very heavily involved very hard to play. Well, I hope yeah. they just abandon it completely and yeah. pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, same with Dirge of Cerberus and Ever Crisis. Well, Dirge of Cerberus, Dirge of Cerberus, as not, never having happened, is they're not going to do that now because of what we got in the Uffy DLC. Yeah, unfortunately, I've never guys. played Dirge Cerberus. I tried and it was terrible. It's fucking awful. I played so, like two hours, so and I was so excited. I got to lend off Evan Burke, who we went to yeah, school yeah, with yeah. years ago. I was like fifteen or something, and I was so. I remember the box and all, opening it up and playing, and then like fifteen to twenty minutes in, being the like, only, "Is this?" I it? bought it day one, like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the only good thing I about that, that. <laughs> is, is the cool cutscenes you get with all the other characters. The gameplay is the fucking worst thing about it. Like, I didn't even know. get to see any of those. It was a waste <laughs> of money. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> So next we got, uh, after the Genova scene, uh, Sephiroth has a really cool piece of dialogue in that, which I guess is like, you know, it's foreshadowing a lot of what's to come. And he describes Genova as someone who can take the form of um, people uh, you f- you hate, people you fear, and it kind of zooms people into the space. People you love. And people you love, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll allude to as, as we go on because of the next scenes coming up. So then we get a another uh, shot back to the reunion the the clones and the black cloaks walking only we get a zoom in one of another one of these cloak guys saying reunion mm-hmm. but uh, i mean we all think we all think we're all sure it's cloud it is cloud. it's, it's it the voice actor it's yeah. cloud, and in the japanese trailer it says it's cloud talking amazing yeah. oh that's yeah subtitles a great idea actually. yeah yeah <laughs> you <laughs> put, know for put sure it all to rest, like yeah, yeah. Uh, again kind of alluding to this idea that either this is kind of some sort of you know potentially and we'll get to our, our thoughts on it uh you know uh, an alternative timeline cloud or maybe this version of cloud does become sick and has to go as part of the unit we don't know yet but it's alluding to there's something else going on here that never happened in the first game either or the, mm-hmm. in the original Final Fantasy 7 um, then we go to the kind of the final uh, scene of the trailer which is the flashback of Tifa attacking Sephiroth in the reactor after he has burned down the village and killed her father she charged Adam Adam with his own sword uh, he grabs it, lifts her into the air, slices her back down, you know, knocks her down the stairs, much like in the original game, and has the very interesting line, which is going to take us right in. It's going to segue into us into our big conspiracy theory conversation. He says, "You know that I killed her, so who is she?" This is obviously Sephiroth speaking to Cloud, we guess, and our, you know, we we had a major the argument source of our <laughs> argument the other day, <laughs> our misunderstanding. Was, was who is who is uh, Sephiroth referring to? And we'll go into that when we go into into the theories. But we get, and this is you know, so then we get the, the closing thing, uh, you know, a- release in early 2024. Amazing. I mean, as, if it's in the next 12 months, I'm 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 chuffed. Do you know what I mean? And, and what amazing marketing to just pull at the end two on discs. Two yeah, brilliant. Like if they had if they had put two hundred gigs of data, people would have lost their shit. But if people if they put it as two discs, this, it's yeah, that nostalgia yeah. we want because we played it on and three like, discs well, before. Do we get part three on three discs? Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Just for just for shits and giggles, like you know. So that was the trailer breakdown. Um, I guess just a quick overview before we go into things. Are you guys excited for the game? 
Yes. I want to give a quick shout out as well to just the, the second last scene you were talking about there with them in the reactor. Yes. I love that Tifa is wearing the same campy cowboy outfit <laughs> that she wore in <laughs> yeah, the original yeah. game. Just in like perfect graphics. It looks so ridiculous on her, but it's yeah. it's beautiful. So stupid. Uh, Craig, are you excited to play Rebirth? Yeah, more than anything. And even though like I get worried about these little like uh, changes to the story and stuff, I just love talking about it. Yeah. So like this was a, a free hour of gameplay for me. With it, and the game isn't out yet so like by the time the game comes out I'll have hundreds of hours of just discussion time about the game and for me that's almost as good as the game yeah. itself like. yeah yeah this is my this is some of my favorite game conversation like you know and we talked about Kevin you know, the like all those kind of E3 shows and stuff being you know cancelled and no longer really as popular as they used to be and one of my regrets is that now I was younger when all these things were announced but I would have loved to have been at the E3 where they announced oh. Final Fantasy 7 and everyone got really excited I think it was the remake but oh. it was just Final Fantasy 7 being ported to PS3 oh that yeah. one but that, then, hilarious. that was an but awful then, moment then, hilarious but then because that set up the next the next big moment where they're E3 however many years later 8 years 9 years later where they make the announcement so everyone's been bitten everyone's like they're never going to do it and are it, they and like, it, like you know? when you watch the video it like pans everyone's all excited and it pans to the crowd after the trailer and everyone just looks so because <laughs> they released um that tech demo, right? Years ago, when like PS3 when PS3 or something was out. just came out. Yeah, they released, released a tech demo of Cloud on the uh, the train with the yeah. sword, like the whole opening cutscene. And it looked amazing uh-huh. at the time. Yeah. Uh, and then it was like, what, 12 years or something yeah. crazy? A completely different came console. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whole other generation. So we're going to get into the into the, the part where we want to delve into our thoughts of where this game is going. This game was a huge part of our childhood. We are massive fans. We hope it finishes in the best way it can. But because of the way it's gone, because of how they've changed things... In this original story, it opens up a whole other world for Final Fantasy VII. Now, for those who aren't, um, you know, big fans of Final Fantasy VII, I don't exactly know where the story is or where it could be going. Don't worry, Craig's on hand to tell you what we, what it is we know. Okay, take it away, Craig. So, just going by what we saw in the trailer, there's like some certainties and then there's some uncertainties. So, I'm just going to bring it down to the things we know, the things we might know. And then our general thoughts on where we think the story is going. So yeah. this is completely spoiler territory now. So this is the point where you log off. Because I'm just going to get straight into it. <laughs> right, here we go. Um, so Yuffie and Red 13 are both playable. We, bo- we know that. That's certain. Yeah. We can see them doing the actions. There's dual techs. At the very least, we have Cloud with Barrett, Tifa and Eret, and Yuffie and Red. Yeah. One each for all six characters. That much we know. In the PHS, this is a new one, and I discovered it um, by watching the trailer over and over and over again. But the PHS system in how the characters transition in and out of combat is just like Final Fantasy X. Because if you look, there's several moments in the trailer where three of the characters are fighting. But if you freeze frame hundreds of meters in the distance, you can see the other characters. They're standing in the background with their weapons ready to go, and they're like ready to, to jump in. Amazing. In Barrett's case, you can actually see him firing, but I guarantee that's not going to do any damage because it's, it's, just, it's meant to just look like he's involved. It's crazy, he's crazy spectacle, here. yeah. Um, so we have the, the combat system. Characters introduced, we have Elena and we have Bugenhagen. Uh, traversal zones. Um, so I don't know, like we said, it's going to be big zones, just like Final Fantasy 10 and 12, but if you look at one of the markers in one of the sequences, it says 11,000 meters 
is the objective marker. Really? So these are big zones. Or maybe, or maybe, Craig, maybe it's an entire open, open world. world. Or maybe. <laughs> maybe. I fuck, two discs, Craig, it has to be. I think the two discs is purely a uh, marketing <laughs> ploy. And uh, disc two will take place probably very close to the end of the game. And then we'll get a bunch of uh, anime, AMV sequences right. that'll just wrap up. I can't up. wait for that moment where I finish disc one and I get a, a, a screenshot on my screen that says, please insert this too. Just I'll the original graphics. Like, I have yeah. a theory that it'll happen at the exact same point in the game after mm. the exact same incident. Mm. And that'll break me, but that's what I think is, is oh. going to happen. Like, yep. And it like, yep. cause fans will lose their shit. Yep. If it says, please insert disc two at that exact moment, yep. you know, like, uh, but anyway, sorry, you got me off topic. There. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Continue, I did raise my hand. It's my hard hand. to do this during for the first time. <laughs> Okay, so that is that everything we know? Okay, now the locations in the game. Uh, we have Cam, we have the Chocobo Farm, we have the Mitral Caves, we have some old ruins where they're on the Chocobos. Yeah. I'd say that's kind of like the swamp just before the snake Possibly, kind of yeah. area type yeah. thing. And we have outside Junon, and then we have a river that clearly shows a mountain in the background. That's likely between Cosmo Canyon and Mount Nye, but you know that kind of river yes. section? yeah. Going up a, a really pretty but section on the old 1997 yeah. game, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think it looked really, really yeah. nice. That's all the things we know for certain in the trailer. Things we may know, there's news footage of the party characters, all of which are dead, described as a tornado damaging sectors one and two. Now, I say we may know because that is a Shinra news broadcast, mm-hmm. not Propaganda. actual footage of the characters. So there's no way we can tell for certain if that happened Did or if Photoshop? it's in a different timeline or if... because. The party damaged the fuck out of the Midgar, the Shinra building, and then the highway wrecked the place. So they have to come out with a story. And I think that they, you know, using their their drones and stuff, they might just say that, oh, those characters involved are dead. Look, we got the culprits here. They are. Interesting concept because I never So it might not that. even yeah. be the alternate timeline. That might be one of those red herrings where they're just like, oh, look, we got the criminals. They're dead. We executed them. But what? Are they like body doubles or like No, they just use their, they? their clones or what? You know, they the, have the, the you know, drones to like do the, uh, the imagery. You know when oh. you're fighting and the pre- presence initially. I say yeah, that because yeah. it's just very odd. You see everyone's faces very specifically. That's like, what I mean. You know, yeah. so it looked to me like it's a broadcast aimed with quieting, like covering things up, you know, in classic Shinra fashion. Um, so that's something we may know. Um, the boss fight on the boat with Genova, during which Sephiroth messes with Cloud, saying that he already killed Tifa five years ago. So that's something that is likely happening but we're not sure if that's on the boat or Sephiroth is actually monologuing at that moment I think it's on the boat because it's the first time he'd encountered the party mm-hmm. so I'd say it's that point but we're not certain um, that's pretty much it actually for everything we know and everything we don't um, just before we start talking about um, our thoughts on this if people wanted to see the easy allies slash Maximilian dude spoiler modes then that would give them a lot of the, the thoughts and kind of factors into how we think it's Absolutely. kind of generally yeah. go. Because yeah. that kind of created the, the overall yeah, arc of how we us, see yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but okay, so both Darren and Kev here believe that there are two active timelines and that one with Cloud and the party and the other one with Zack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me, I'm a little different. I'm not really sure what to think um, because I don't think it's quite plausible to switch between Zack and Cloud and still get to the northern crater by the end of the game. So I, I, I can give you my reasoning for that if you'd like. Sure. Okay, so uh, just to give a bit of a background for those who haven't watched Easy Allies or a dude and who aren't as like, absolutely 
bed into this Final Fantasy shit as we are. Uh, the, the the prevailing theory is that the Sephiroth in this Final Fantasy VII remake is not the same, or is the Sephiroth from the original Final Fantasy VII game, who Cloud beats with the team in Final Fantasy VII, and he comes back to life through the remaining Genova cells in the movie Advent Children, and the team beat him again. And in that moment where he's beaten, he retreats into the life stream in Advent Children and travels back through time into an alternate timeline and arrives in our Final Fantasy VII remake where he knows everything that's happened, yep. which makes him a stronger being. So based off that... And I agree completely yeah, with all that. Yeah. So here's my prevailing theory about the Zack Cloud timeline situation in, in that... It, the way the first original story went, God, I, I could fuck go on for hours here. The way the, <laughs> I, 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 we have five minutes. Well, we're, to, we're, yeah, we're fifty-five minutes goals. in. No, we, we we can go over. It's all good. So, like, I'll I'll do a cliff notes as best I can. So, um, Cloud, in, you beat Sephiroth, and uh, you beat Sephiroth and Advent Children, and in order to do all that, the the story went that Aerith dies. Aerith dies in the main game. So, the theory being that the only way that Cloud was able to beat Sephiroth in these moments was because Aerith had to die. She, you know, in, she comes to him in visions throughout the games and Advent Children and gives him extra strength and, and, you know, that's how she did. So Sephiroth comes back and says, hmm, uh, I now know that maybe this isn't the way I should do things or I, I know a better way to do it. And Fate's like, holy shit, um, we need to, you know, so if we do this the normal way, Sephiroth knows what's going on, so we need to find a different way to do that. So the fake ghosts that exist in this new remake are trying to hold the party and hold certain characters in certain places yeah. to try and make things go the way it should. But because Sephiroth is messing with everything... He's constantly trying to change fate, and they're stopping him from doing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And their final... I believed that t tornado that we got at the end, I believe is fate's final act. They realize that, okay, the party as they stand are not powerful enough to beat this Sephiroth, who, who is the Sephiroth who knows everything already. So we need to do something drastic. So they all come together. They all breach the, the thing between space and time. And they allow two timelines and two, two universes, essentially, to collide. One that we're playing, and which Zack, you know, died prior to when we started Final Fantasy VII Remake. And one where Zack survives that last fight and rescues Cloud. And so my theory is that there are two timelines and there'll be two different stories and fate's done this purposely to allow these these timelines to kind of coexist very very or these two universes to coexist so so closely that when things merge at the northern cave at the very end of the game cloud and his party will have the strength of zach and possibly his party or maybe just zach is all they need because fate understands that in order to beat this sephiroth cloud needs zach cloud needs the most powerful version of himself and the most powerful zach version of himself to come together and the reason i think they'll both be in the northern cave and they'll be able to kind of have this this wavering of the the, the walls between universes is because northern cave is full of like you know genova was where she crashed weird mm -hmm. alien magic i mean there's no real explanation yeah, for it, yeah. really <laughs> but it's, it's a fantasy game <laughs> yes so we have cloud we saw the, the scene in the trailer of cloud in the cloak going to the reunion i believe that that is zach's cloud because Zack had survived yeah, yeah. and mm. that problem with that cloud is because Zack didn't die cloud never needed to pick himself up and to to, yeah. to fight for himself so he succumbs to the macro poisoning and becomes part of these clones that go to the reunion and i think Zack's motivation to go to the northern cave has nothing to do with stopping sephiroth but saving cloud mm -hmm. and he'll by chance arrive at the exact same point in his timeline as the party that's why i think it's that's I, where i think it's going i i agree with all of that in, but I think that Zack's journey, other than the opening cutscene, which I think will be uh, a cutscene about Zack, 
and the final cutscene of the game being about Zack, I don't think we're going to see Zack other than that in the whole game. The, the way we didn't in the first game. They've very much kept the two things separate. Like, you never transition from one to the other in the first game. That doesn't happen. You only see Zack's thing in a post or in a trailer mm-hmm. or, you know, like... Th- they're never just going to have Cloud enter a building and then all of a sudden you're controlling Zack. But the reason I think they've done that is because the end, the game ends with this whole idea where you're walking away from Midgar and you see a Zack carrying a Cloud, like a Zack that has survived the fight and, yep. a, and, a, and a poster with, you know, Stamp the Dog or whatever the dog's name was and it's a different breed of it's dog. It's a different breed, mm-hmm. yeah. So you realise there's two timelines. So I think that they... That, I think they were saying that like here's the big twist here's the big twisty twist part and it's opened the doors for us now to explore that twist and I think I think like a Squall Laguna from Final Fantasy 8 you might get a switching between parties and stories throughout the game if that were the case wouldn't we the second it goes back to Cloud just travel immediately to wherever Zack is at that moment no because Zack's in a different timeline unless he stays in Midgar for the entirety yeah but we won't know that so we're just going to go to one of those locations and then confirm for ourselves instantly if Zack is there or not. Well, I mean, well, why wouldn't we know, know that, though? <laughs> huh? why, why wouldn't we know that it's a separate timeline? Like, so, why, why would we be going looking for Zack when it's like... I mean, the end of the first game, just like... Because curiosity. Like, if I saw Zack and Cam just hanging out and they'd switch back to me in Costa del Sol, I'd get the first fucking boat over there. <laughs> and I'd be like, hey, where's Zack at? I, like, I, everyone would. I agree <laughs> with you, but I think the, the important part to remember is that you're playing as Cloud's Party. And I don't think Zack will exist in our world until right at the end of the game. I think that these, these things are still on separate universes, and they'll only collide at the point in which you get to Northern Cave. Yes. And there'll be loads of similarities. So like you'll say, oh, he's in, he's in Cam. But he's in the Cam in his universe. He's not in the Cam in our universe. I know, but we're not supposed to know what's true and what's not. And it won't, they won't leave it to us to just discover for ourselves in the first like 20 minutes. Like That'll be a plot point they dangle over us for the entire game. Yeah. They're not just going to let us find out the answer by ourselves if we but, just go there. What I mean to say is if you go there, you, like, even, if, even if we just play, like, let's say you were Costa del Sol and we just came from a thing where you're Zach chilling in an inn and calm. Uh-huh. That's not the calm in your universe. I know, but I wouldn't want to know that for certain. And I'm sure they don't want the fans to know that for certain. Like, that's, for all, well, that's, but the, it's completely confirmed by the staff But it isn't, the because game. for all you know, Cloud and Party are also in that new timeline and that when they exited their timeline, beat the Whisper Ghost, they didn't go back to their own timeline because they've changed everything. It's, I mean, There's th- absolutely th- no reason true. to suspect that they conveniently went back to their own timeline. There was no transition. We never saw that. So I think, yes. I think, I think the, the thing that happened with the, at the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake where it, the, there was that big shockwave and the big kind of blow up and the ghost disappeared and then you know Destiny longer, no longer had the hold that it did. I don't think that the, t- the party was blasted from their own timeline there's a line of dialogue by barrett which leads me to question it though because as soon as they get back barrett looks around and says huh everything looks the same and i'm like that's a bit of a moment there you know where like and interestingly enough which i've forgotten about until now when you're fighting sephiroth at the end of final fantasy 7 remake and you're falling through the sky mm. it's a different midgar that you look down on yes completely it's the it's the midgar from the final fantasy 7 original game not the midgar from the game that you've been playing yep that's true. Oh my god, I have yeah. to replay this scene. Well, but, th- but that makes sense because you do genuinely transition to another world. Yes. Yeah. And then come back, in back ver- to su- possibly your own world. But again, I don't think the developers want us to know for certain if it's one timeline or two. So I don't and think they're just too, Like, how could they possibly get through that without... Well, I mean, you know, maybe Zack and Cloud will meet up sooner rather than later. But like, surely there'd be whispers, do you know? 
Whispers in Midgar. Cloud's been running them up with a buster sword as a member of Avalanche. But they died across all timelines. So the singularity, that explosion, was, was them being yes. destroyed. Mm. So it was, it was, that's I, something we know for certain because Zack is blown off his feet by yes. the explosion. And the, the reason, the and, and the reason I think that's so important was I, I, I don't think that that was Sephiroth defeating them. I think that was their last-ditch effort to do a thing that would allow the party to beat Sephiroth. And on that exact point, because of where that happens in relation to the story, it also leads me to believe that that media thing I talked about, yeah. talked about is in our current timeline and that that's a Shinra cover-up. Because everyone is like, oh, that's a singularity. That's the, that's the whirlwind they're talking about. But like I said to you guys the, the last time, Zack and Cloud haven't yet arrived at Midgar, meaning there's no way Red 13, Barrett, Eret, and Tifa have met up and are somehow all in Sector 1. Like, Red 13 is in the Shinra building. Yeah, Eret is selling flowers. Barrett and Tifa are planning a mission. There's no way they're on a highway, you know? So this is... This is yeah, Kev, go for it. Just what were you saying the timeline was between the battle where Zack dies in Crisis Core, I should say, near this mic, the battle where Zack dies in Crisis Core with Cloud and Cloud on the train I, I becoming a sure member of Avalanche. I'm pretty sure it takes Cloud a week from it's only Zach a week. dying to I get to Midgar. I assumed it was years. Yeah, I, I thought it was years ago because he's so sick. He's so sick and so frail that I actually thought it was a number of years. And it's, you know, email us okay, at the gift of podcast at gmail.com in case we're wrong here. But because he's so sick, like, I mean, at the end of Crisis Core, when, like, when, when, when Zach's reaching for Cloud and he's got the Buster Sword and he's like, you know, you know, live your life in my honor or whatever else. Cloud looks fucking pathetic. There's yeah. no way that that Cloud two weeks later is with Avalanche. No, he's up. not, but he's been found by Tifa who spends a lot of time, we don't know how long, but she spends a lot of time similar to the way she does with Marco. Jeez, I'm just having a theory right now that Marco is Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, sorry. But just because the, her relationship with Marco, her relationship with Marco imitates exactly what happened to Cloud in the original game. Yes, that like he was completely all over the place, didn't know who he was, and out of nowhere he just stands up and is like, "Hey, I'm this mercenary soldier." Like out of nowhere, it, it surprises her. She's like, "What the hell?" Like he just instantly switches on, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm thinking that that's Marco. I don't want to even get into that. No, it, it's just a theory I'm having right now in the moment. And it's <laughs> we'll talk about it in the next episode. You know, um, geez, I've just been completely dumbfounded by that. Sorry, go back to, to well, saying no, something. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you, uh, you know, chew on that one for a while. No, I think, you know, uh, whatever they, whatever they do with it, like the fact that we're sitting here talking like this, with such enthusiasm means that I'm pumped for it. That, like we, here's, here's a, a really interesting piece that we had our, our kind of argument for, which I kind of wanted to, to, to bring up as well. The bit where uh, Sephiroth is stating in the trailer, you saw me kill her. So who is she? My initial thoughts oh. on that were that he was discussing Aerith and he was trying to mess with our Oh, yeah, we mind. had a massive argument about it. A yeah. massive yeah. one. We did, it, yeah. was, it was a huge misunderstanding in the end. <laughs> Just admit you were wrong. But no, so the thing I misunderstood. Is, yeah, the thing about this is I still, like, I mean, I, your theory, which we'll get into now, is I think is the far more likely, but I still don't, I, I'm still not convinced that that couldn't be in reference to Aerith to mess with Cloud's head in a different way because this Sephiroth has seen everything. And, like, I, my mm-hmm. reasoning was that he would use that line about Aerith to weaken Cloud to make him question his ability to save Aerith in that world because Aerith's already pointed out to him in the first game. It was like, don't fall in love with me. Like I know, but that, that could mean it's not, it's not like them saying, oh, I've existed in another world before. Whereas Sephiroth saying I killed Aerith is direct confirmation that this has happened before and that he can't say that. 
He's yeah. not allowed to say that. The developers will not allow him to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the fact that like Tifa's on screen running at him with a sword and he says, I killed her, mm. leads me to believe that it was Tifa because he literally yes. stabs her as he's and, saying it. And so when you were saying that, you were kind of saying that it was it was to do with to make Cloud unsure of himself and to question things and to weaken him. And it works and- really, really well. Sorry, it's just because in the, in the trailer... There's a section where, and I assume it's happening when Eretz, uh, Tifa, and maybe, I don't know, Red 13 are the party. Tifa has a quiet moment with Eretz and is like, do you know what he's been up to for five years? Because, you know, as far as I know, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't in Nibelheim. So she's already kind of saying stuff behind his back when he's not there. Yeah. yeah. So that would lead very, very good into the fact that, like, Sephiroth wants Cloud to question Tifa because yes. Tifa's already questioning Cloud. So that could put them at kind of odds with each other. Yeah. And I think that's I, what he's going to push. I hated that as a theory initially until I thought about the, when we got onto, is it, you know, the end of, the close to the end of this tubing industry, I can't remember it, where it is, where Cloud falls into the life stream, gets really badly poisoned, and Tifa has to essentially like enter his mind and piece him back together. And I was kind of like, why would they pit Cloud and Tifa against each other? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, there's a party. Oh, there's, a party there's, there's a party happening above us, by the <laughs> Amazing. way. Amazing. In case you're hearing any background noise. Um, so my question was like, well, why would they pit them against each other? Like, that's just, I didn't like that idea. Like, I was like, there needs to be a, a payoff for it. And then I thought, oh my God, she's the one who saves him from insanity by going into his brain. And what if she, in this version of it, goes in there and the walls are even harder to break down because Cloud's mental, like his mental state does not trust this Tifa at yeah. all and Sephiroth as you rightly said it was like okay I killed Aerith and that didn't stop Cloud but Tifa saves Cloud in Final Fantasy 7 yeah. so if Sephiroth messes up their relationship and she can't save him Sephiroth can do what he wants if she to do. were to go into the live stream after him he just wouldn't trust her yeah. you know yeah. there'd be all this doubt he'd be seeing all these visions and then at Tifa mm-hmm. and he's just deliberately told them that Genova can take the form of the ones, ones you, you love, love. Yeah. You know, while the he's in a dream sequence. Oh, like, it could be no. so amazing. Like, you know, and so I love that theory now, knowing that, because otherwise I was like, I don't want to go through the game and like Cloud and Tifa not get on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. dumb. It's dumb as fuck. Like their relationship is one of my favorite. Like, you know? No, it does make sense. And I, I think when we were all talking about it, we we had trouble until we played the first Rebirth trailer. Oh yeah. Where she's <laughs> where she essentially says because we were like, It's like, why do you trust me, Cloud? And we're like, Oh, oh yeah, Craig's out of something. It's like, Oh, you thought I died? I was like, No, she literally says it in the first am, trailer. Am I some so. sort of imposter? Yeah. Like are you trying to it, say? It's I'm a fantastic sort of scene because as I said to you guys the last day, it, it goes o- over the 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 loophole in the first game where like because generally, it annoyed me several times because, in my opinion, Tifa ruins Cloud's life. Because as a kid, she goes off to Mount Nibel by herself. Cloud tries to chase her. She falls down, doesn't remember what happened, and everyone blames Cloud. From that moment on, Cloud has a terrible childhood. Then again, later on, when he goes to Nibelheim, saves Tifa. That's, that was the key information that he needed her to remember. And she forgets again. You know, twice, she just... For no apparent reason, forgets what happened and it breaks Cloud both times. So I'm like, fuck you, Tifa, get your fucking <laughs> head together, remember, start remembering some stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, as well, because Sephiroth slashes her down and she's no mark. She doesn't even acknowledge that so, incident ever. So th- th- this is one I have, I, like, I mean, I see where you're coming from. But this is one where I, I, ha- still I, ha- I have to put to bed because we're, we're, we're playing, like, especially in the first one, it's a, it's, a, it's a polygon game. These guys are getting the shit kicked out of them, slashed and cut all the time, and no one has scars. I don't agree with the idea that Sephiroth slicer so she should have a scar. I'm like, no one has scars from anything that they do in that fucking game. It's like, like, you know, but that's because Sephiroth usually kills people. He never just leaves someone but the wounded. Other, the other day I was watching the end of uh, Crisis Core 
And Zach gets shot like 10,000 times. times. He literally, okay, as, as someone walks over with a crisis gun, core, someone, I'm like, I want someone, nothing to do with it. Like. But it's, it's canon now. Someone oh. walks over with a gun. Oh, Craig, I'm sorry. But they walk over with a gun, point it at his head and shoot him. And then it cuts 30 seconds later. And he's so, like, Cloud, get over here. I want to give you my sword. <laughs> crisis core is not canon to the original game. No, not at all. Oh, no, but it's, oh, it's canon to what's going on now, it's, though. Maybe it is. You still need to finish well, your game. May- yeah, do. maybe, maybe. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. All I know is Zack in the original game dies from a machine gun blow and doesn't utter a single additional sentence. In Crisis Core, he's fucking talking for about five minutes after they've gunned him down. So that's already not canon because that's not what happened, you know? Zack also wasn't in love with Aerith and didn't give a shit about her at all. He only wanted to go back to Midgar to see her thinking like, oh, I'd have a place to hang out. And then he's like, oh, wait, the mother's there. Nah, scratch that, fuck it. Like, he's not a good guy. Yeah. But Crisis Core portrays him as this hero in love. And I'm like, that was never their relationship. Like, where have you got this? They've changed a lot of the dialogue for them loving each other. In OG game, Aerith never says she loved him, only that she liked him for a while. Yeah. And I'm like, I shouldn't stop have brought training. Core. But, but, <laughs> stop, right, right, stop we're, changing We're this. no longer talking OG game. Everything's on the table but, now. But, but just as a point where we're, you know, to get off the Tifa thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, he slices Tifa with a sword... It kind of cuts her shit. He doesn't like cut her in half. I know, but we see like, we see her in the people. belly top twenty four seven, and there's no mark. Yeah, but there's no marks on anyone. Everyone's getting murdered constantly. Like it's Final Fantasy. If they're everyone's murdered, being, they're dead. Everyone's like. being hit by Faraga and Tundaga and fighting giant robots. No and one's wolves and and no magic houses. It's, like it's, I just think it's such a funny thing for you to get hung up on. When yeah. We, when we played through the entire game, with the amount of like, I mean, people get like planets. Thrown at them in the fucking end of the fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's all a dream sequence. Yeah. Like, Summons, like, like gods basically are attacking people. Yeah. That, like, you know, if it were up to me, because the cutscenes now look stupid every time someone uses a machine gun, a cloud, and he takes out his sword, whereas nobody ever fires at any of the other party members in any of those sequences. Mm-hmm. Like, Barrett is constantly standing still out in the open. If anyone with a gun shot at him, he would <laughs> die instantly. But they never, ever show that in any of the AMVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, they could have easily fixed that if they had made a barrier, a basic material that every human being has. Similar to in Dune, where, you know, the bullet goes yes. at a certain speed, it can't penetrate. Yeah. So that's why people are using melee weapons again, because that can break through. That would have been amazing and they would have been able to get rid of all that nonsense <laughs> immediately. But now, anytime there's an AMV, they always have to fire a cloud yeah. and he has to use his buster sword to yeah. block it. And it looks stupid. I think it looks cool. I think it looks I, great, I, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, can I ask a question that we... I don't think we've talked about uh, since we started discussing this trailer. In the original Seven, yeah. the reason that Sephiroth kills Aerith is because she's the last of the Cetra and the one who can summon Holy or whatever to stop well, Meteor, right? he doesn't right? know any of that at the time. He just is like, oh, this girl could be trouble. Because oh. Aerith leaves a message for Cloud in which she says what she's going to do, but she doesn't want Cloud following her because she doesn't trust Cloud. But Sephiroth's in Cloud's head and starts narrating what Aerith's telling Cloud and he's just like, hmm, she could be a, a, a bit of trouble to me. But he's learning all that information through Cloud's brain, you know? Uh, so okay. he's talking to Cloud as Eric's leaving the message for Cloud. So leaving a message to, for Cloud is what got her killed. Like. And so it's basically just pure chance that he happened to kill the only person who could stop him. But regardless... Well, no, he learned all that because of Eric's message. But now if she survives in this, can she still go to the Temple of the Ancients? Can she? St- oh, she already has the Holy mm-hmm. Materia, sorry. Yeah. It's the meteor or whatever that's in Temple of the Ancients. Like, where does that leave Aerith in, in terms of being the final Cetra and being the only one who could potentially stop well, Sephiroth? It, so, Craig, you go ahead. But Sephiroth killed her and it didn't change things. 
So mm. I'm trying to think now. Well, Sephiroth knows that. So in, in, again, in, like. in, interesting enough. Here's here's the interesting part, and this is why I think they'll keep her alive and why because the original Final Fantasy VII, 1997 Final Fantasy VII, is the bad ending. Like yep. the meteor almost k- crashed the planet. Geostigma becomes a thing. Everybody gets like a cancer type type thing. They didn't actually save the world, but if Aerith, the last of the Cetra, is alive perchance that can be different yeah so i think you know mm-hmm. this game is, is all about giving us like the good ending potentially and what's interesting is that we got that cool cutscene in the first final fantasy 7 where you go to midgar and it shows this vision of the cetra which we ne- like that was just cetra was just mentioned in passing throughout the entirety of the original yeah. final fantasy 7 game whereas in the remake they actually point out this is what they dress like and look like this is how they live you and actually like, see them yeah, which was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um my thing about it would be is that keeping her alive and maybe focusing on Tifa, like this is from Sephiroth's perspective, yes. is how he beats Cloud. But keeping Aerith alive means that the ending of the meter and everything like that, I believe, could potentially change because she's the last of the Ancients. And maybe when Zack comes potentially over to this universe, to this timeline, he meets yeah. Aerith in this timeline who may be dead in his own, then... You know, it'll give him that extra boost of power. We're always talking about Cloud. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she's the key. Or maybe he's just like, yo, Eric, what's up? And then he just immediately disregards it. Because they were never in love. (laughs) (laughs) And like their relationship is complete false. Like, do you know how they met? I've told you that story before, haven't I? Uh, Doesn't Zach, he fall through the roof of the church? Zach meets Eric because he falls through the same hole in the same roof. As Cloud does. <laughs> no wonder it's so confusing. Yeah, yeah. Who's who? Like, yeah, no, it's it's dumb. Black hair, and like you know, it's and it's dumb because I don't even think Zach falls from the same part of the upper plate. Do you know what I mean? It's like no, he's in a completely different place, yeah, know, but right. he falls through the same hole. <laughs> oh, it's stupid. But guys, this has been um, fantastic. I'm so glad we decided to cancel our VR chat to come together and talk about what will be one of the greatest PlayStation trilogies that will probably ever exist and we're cutting it short clearly just because we kind of have to and we have yeah. lives but like otherwise well we would definitely keep going. i think, I think keep one, of, one of our plans definitely as we uh, come closer to 2024 and the release of um the rebirth is that we're talking about maybe doing a, a two or three power episode where we'll deep dive into just the final fantasy 7 game and series as mm-hmm. a whole we'll get into those real deep uh you know theories of what could and might not be happening it's going to be a great time it's going to be it a great is. time uh, Kev, you guys got any any ending any ending thoughts? Are you happy to leave it there? No, not really. I've or maybe we'll talk about it in the post show or whatever. I have a, a thing, but no. Okay. Well, the post show is a different topic. So are you sure? No. Well, all I was gonna say, I, we'll just get on to it for a split second. Um, it, do you reckon they'll do anything special with Wu Tai in this game? Because there was a lot of emphasis in remake part one on the war between Shinra and Wu Tai, mm-hmm. and obviously the DLC is is Yuffie and uh, Yuffie's mentor, whatever your man's name was, yeah. the attack guy yeah. coming back over. So I think there could be a lot to do with Wu Tai in this game. It, so I I would like to think that they would do it, but Wu Tai in is not core to the story and i have a funny feeling that anything like fort condor like i don't believe fort condor is going to be in the game i think fort condor has been uh, minimized into this like board game that you play which wasn't great no but then it wouldn't then the original story wouldn't be canon anymore if fort condor was suddenly just a game because no, that, no, no, that means no, we're in no, a different no, universe no, again you know? I, I i think fort condor exists but we've got no need to go there in this yeah world. yeah i would yeah. agree with that so yeah. i think i like it's, I, I don't it could be it, those ruins we see it, exactly anything like that so i think Wu Tai because it's not i mean fuck they've got like not only have they potentially got a lot of the original final fantasy 7 story to tell they've also got like a lot of extra shit they're trying to fit into this game and they've put they've they've done so much setup for Wu Tai. That's yeah, okay. I think they will. And Don Corneo is too good a villain not yeah, to be back yeah. in the beginning. Way yeah. more of it in the first game uh, than there was, or way more of it in remake than there was in the original seven. Way more emphasis on the you know terrorists and the war True. and everything yeah. else. So I think they could. Ex- and I mean, we have Yuffie now as a 
playable character. She's going to want to go back to Wu Tai at some stage. She's going to be talking about Wu Tai. There's going to be the trust issues between people because, you know, they're, well, I suppose they're on the same yeah. side. Yeah. But uh, a quick question to finish. Do we still think that Yuffie tries to rob us? Is that why we're low leveled again? And is all the material gone? Does she get robbed after robbing us or something? And that's that's that how to get. That's the cold open I would, yeah, for the I game. I would be surprised if she just mugs us during uh, the cam incident. She just jumps in and starts robbing the material and loses it somehow. Loses it, yeah. uh, that was my theory as well. With you know the Priscilla dolphin thing. Yes. Mm. I think Yuffie's going to show up, and instead of using a dolphin to climb the tower, I think Yuffie's going to do it. She's going to use her ninja ship to to throw a shuriken at the thing. Drop down a cable, and that's how she wins the parody's trust. Okay. That's just my theory. Interesting. You've heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, well, so our post show today, guys, if you're if you're sticking around, listen to it. If you want to have a listen, there's loads of content up there. You can hop onto our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash giftedgaming. And this week, we're talking about, in honor of Final Fantasy VII, uh, we're going to talk about our ideal Final Fantasy party, where we have to each pick three members, only three, from the entire Final Fantasy cast, not just seven, uh, to pick what we believe would be... Uh, not necessarily the ultimate team, but one of our favorite teams that we could put together. And if you want to hear that, it's over on patreon.com forward slash gift of gaming. Uh, Craig, Kev, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for hopping on this such short notice. I could go on for hours, but we, we yeah. should probably close up. Yeah. Um, to all our listeners out there, uh, thanks for, for sticking by. Hope you enjoyed it. And until next week, keep enjoying the gift that is gaming. Peace out.